This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Remember back in July and August when we were all pulling our hair out over having square pegs in round holes, thinking that the three at the back would be a great system if we had the players to play it. Well, skip forward now towards the end of February with square pegs in square holes, the right players in the right positions, and it's all coming together nicely. A 2-0 win away at Tranmere seals our third victory in as many games with three consecutive clean sheets. So the stags are starting to be solid at the back and are starting to develop and grow in attack. Just in time for the visit of Salford on Saturday to Wancourt Stadium, which could be a very telling afternoon in terms of the playoff and maybe even promotion race. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves just yet. Like last year, let's enjoy the ride. Coming up on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast, in my absence, Cam takes the hot seat, God help you all, as we reflect on Tranmere and much, much more in between. I don't quite know what, to be honest, because I've not got the piece of paper which has the notes on about what they're going to be talking about. What I imagine it to be is another clean sheet, another superb performance from Alfie Kilgore, another starring role from Kieran Wallace, Ollie Clark being exceptionally brilliant as captain once again, Davis Keeler Dunn maybe being on fire, or it could well be the little worrying seed that is starting to grow a little bit following the news that Nigel Clough faces yet more injury worries and woes with John Joe Tool expected to be out for the season and some more potential injury worries as well. To be honest, I'm as much in the dark about what's going to come up and what's going to happen over the next 45 minutes to an hour as you are. So shall we find out? The one thing I ask of you, dear listener, is please be kind to Cam in the hot seat. Get involved in the comments and have your say on your team. Why? Because this is the show for the fans, by the fans. And Mansfield always matters. Cam, remember the great saying what somebody once said. With great power comes great responsibility. A.K.A. don't it up. Right? I can't believe I'm saying this. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. 
hosted by Cam Felton. And it's like magic, I'm here. So, um, welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's a little bit different again this week because we've got Craig saying that we can take a little bit of a break, step back, let me host for a bit. We get two wins on the bounce. He comes back and hosts again, steals my thunder. Don't worry, I'm not on my own. So, joining me this evening on the Mansfield Matters podcast, we've got so much to talk about. Obviously, three fantastic wins, eight goals, three clean sheets. And the first person we're going to say hello to tonight is the voice of Mr. Mansfield Town. It's Alan Wilson. Good evening, Cam. Good evening, everybody. And from another bit of Mansfield that maybe people don't want to track to, it's uh, Mr. Clyde Parkin over in Edwinstow. Hiya, Cam. Good luck for tonight. And hello, everybody. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Firstly, thanks for coming on, lads, because I thought I was going to end up being on my own tonight. Uh, Craig's off doing some work. Nathan's doing whatever Nathan does best. Uh, solo parenting, I think it is. Uh, so, yeah, plenty to talk about this week. Um, just Tranmere in general, bit of a look back to uh, Carlisle and just how, like, how the last few weeks have been going. And then uh, the dreaded news that we heard today from Nigel Clough and George Maris about injuries. Oh, geez, that's more injuries. That's exactly what we want. Don't forget, you can get involved in the comments down below. Uh, I can't even find the overlay at the moment. <laughs> I'm still getting used to this whole hosting thing, and it's just things are everywhere. Do you want uh, us to talk while you're looking? There we go. There you go. Get involved. <laughs> Leave a comment. You know what? I, I need to get used to this whole hosting thing. But um, So, Alan, we'll start with you at the weekend a thoroughly professional performance from Mansfield Town. It's three more points, two more goals, and another clean sheet. It doesn't get much better, does it? I, I was a bit unlucky on Saturday. It was my daughter's 33rd birthday, and we went out for a meal, at, booking it at 1.30, fully expecting to be back, you know, for the, the, the to watch the match or listen to the match, whatever. But uh, it didn't work out like that, so I got of the match, you know, I was keeping a tab on my phone to see how they were going on, and I probably caught the last five minutes. But uh, by all accounts, it was another good uh, performance. Everybody had a good game, apparently, and uh, it's another three points on the board, which is uh, very good for Mansell Town. And obviously, Clive, you were there on on Saturday. I saw you around the back of the stand. What's your thoughts? Because yet again, it's another. Thoroughly professional performance from Mansfield. The whole afternoon was just a very positive one. The fans were fantastic. Over nine hundred fans to Tranmere, which is no no mean feat. It's not it's not the easiest place to get to. It's not the nicest drive, but they, uh, every single fan backed their team, and it got us there in the end. It's it's uh, Alfie Kilg. Uh, it's uh, Riley Harbottle scoring against Tranmere again. And then Davis Keeler done finally breaking his duck for Mansfield and finally getting his first goals. What's your thoughts on uh, firstly Saturday and then just overall? What's sort of like your overriding feelings at the moment? Well, Saturday was a, a comprehensive, competent performance by Mansfield Town, um, and that's evidenced by the fact that um, 
Tranmere had zero shots on target. Um, that we we can contain them in such a way that the only uh, attempts they could have were were um, were poor attempts. Um, and I think it's no coincidence that we've won the last three games uh, with clean sheets because the back line's now working as it should do and, sh and as it would hoped it would do all season. And Kilgore is the magic ingredient there. Um, he's a player. I mean, he's a proper player. He's unambiguous. He's a proper defender. And a bit like the late Kevin Bird, he can, you can expect him to get some goals as well. So I thought it was a very enjoyable trip to Tranmere. Um, and the fans that were there enjoyed themselves. I think it was a bonus to get three points because none of us were really that confident. I thought we, we thought we'd um, if we got seven out seven points out of the three games, we'd been delighted. Uh, to get nine, eight goals, zero against, fabulous. And I have to say, it puts us in a cracking position for the next game. And they're all going to be tough games running on the run in, no question about that. Um, and providing we can. Uh, stop injuring ourselves we should be all right in my opinion i mean hopefully we can stay injury free for the rest of this season but just a, a quick note that i was when i was doing my research and this is something i think it was martin shaw that pointed this out so thank you martin on twitter uh it's the first time stags have won at prenton park since 1985 and it's the first time we've done the double over tranmere in a season since the 1957-58 season wow. now I hate using this old cliche of like every game is a cup final. With Mansfield currently sitting in fifth in Sky Bet League Two, a game in hand over Carlisle in third place and only three points behind, does that really fit the fact that we are playing 15 cup finals? Do you think it's very much in our own hands or is it still, still a very long way to go and this expected lots of twists and turns uh, along the way? Um, Obviously, Alan, you've followed the Stags for many, many years and, and spoke about them. Has there any been any other season that's that's quite like this one where we've just been so inconsistent but very much still in the in the automatic promotion running? But it's just pleasurable to watch, to be honest, Cam. I can't really think of uh, other seasons like that because, you know, each season goes by automatically and it's gone, you know, you move on to the next one. But as regards, you know, not playing so well, I mean, like you said, twists and turns. I mean, Stockport's playing Rochdale tonight away. So if Stockport win, I would imagine they go above us. I don't know. I haven't had a look at the tape. Yeah, they... But, you know, there will be twists and turns. And, you know, like we said before, I can't see us winning every single game. It'd be nice, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, look, look, uh, looking back at the uh, when we went up in the conference, I mean, we had a we had a mediocre season, didn't we? Up until then, Christmas time, whatever it was, January, we played that match against Liverpool, and then all hell let loose. You know, we we went on that fantastic run, and to say that we've got the injuries that we have, and it's a patched up team, you know, I think we're doing remarkably well, and long may it continue. Yeah, and obviously, like Alison was saying there, Clive, we've we've got so many injuries. And especially because like we've got so many issues, it's like not just like issues, but you've got that many players out injured, first team players, and we're having to. Well, we named th three academy, full time academy players on the bench on Saturday, and, and Jamie summed it up perfectly in the comments. These players can only do 
uh, do so much. We're playing with only 14 players, really, and that doesn't include academy players. Um, do you think that's helped at all? You know, because it's like, sorry, Clive, to butt in, it's like forced Nigel's hand, hasn't it? To a certain degree, you know, it can only play with the players that's in front of him that are fit. So it can only probably, you know, do whatever system it can do with those players. And it might, as daft as it sounds, it may have helped. Do you know, going back to when you used to play football for a team yourself, it was wonderful to know you were going to get a game regularly. Yeah. And if you had to be like some of our professional footballers, to not know whether you're going to get a game or not, or to be considered to be on just on the wrong side of the line for selection. That must be terribly soul-destroying. And the only compensation is that you're professionally getting paid. But having the size of the squad reduced through injuries just means that there's more likelihood that those players that would have been slightly on the wrong side of the line will get on the pitch. Mm. Unless your name's Johnson, of course. And, <laughs> um, and so... You know, and I, I think it's really good for the youth players to get a sniff of it as well. I mean, if you only come on and do a bit parts, it's got to be good for them and their morale and their pro progress. So the, the big thing now is we can't afford any more injuries. But what it has done, it's given a, a new opportunity for people like, um, um, who am I thinking of, that played left wing back for us. Kieran Wallace, Jordan Bowery. Jordan Bowery, sorry. Jordan I'm Bowery, struggling Wallace. with my memory again. Jordan Bowery, I, I'd written him off as a, a contender and actually this last two or three games he's actually been a really good part of the team uh, I, I'll, I'll say again i think his best football's behind him but we uh, if he can play the way he has done in the last few weeks that's great in fact all of the players have played well in fact the only player that i thought was worthy of any criticism and he came on as sub was Botang. i thought he looked completely out of, out of touch with it but you know that's probably because he's not getting pitch time yeah, is it a case of just like if if it's not broken, it don't need fixing? Uh, Roger says that in the comments. Say uh, same again, Stags. The new players have made a massive difference to the conf uh, confident play we've we've seen, and the existing players are inspired by them. That's it in a nutshell. And obviously, it is such a positive when you've got so many seasoned professionals in in your squad. You've got James Perch. You've got Stephen Quinn, you've got Lucas Aikens, who have all been playing a, a fair amount of time. Is it testament to, to not only Nigel and his recruitment side that the players that we have brought in have complemented what we've got already, or is it just a mixture of everything? Because ever since Davis Keeler Dunn came in, for example, or Alpha Kilgore, they've both looked absolutely fantastic. And Kilgore specifically, his pass for second goal to Holly Clark was absolutely sublime. And he, he's by far been probably the best player that we've we've signed in the January transfer window. But in the last few weeks, how could you pinpoint one specific player that's played better than the others? Because they've all played fantastically. Not because it's like they've, they've wanted to, but it's because they've had to. Because we've had that many injuries out and we've just had to keep this momentum going. I think it's... Uh... To a certain degree, I think it's a little bit lucky on our behalf. It's only my opinion because they've fitted in so well. You know, Kilgore has come in and he's made that place his own. He didn't get it at the start. He had them few minutes. And like I, I keep reverting to back to that tackle, you know, where he just it went straight through the bloke. And it was just, you know, you knew what sort of play you'd got. And he's slotted in nicely. 
Perch is playing really well at the side of him, you know, with Harbottle the other side. We've got Hewitt there as well. It, you know, and the players that can come back, I'd like to see him get in the team because the way they're playing, you know, they're playing as a team. And, you know, and it's, it's really nice to watch because it's not boring football. Sometimes, you know, they grind out a result, but, but the way they've been playing, it's been nice to watch as well. I think they were starting to look a bit leggy. Uh, um, at, at Tranmere midway. Yeah, that was mentioned. Half. And I think it's a good job we haven't got a midweek fixture this week because they need, I think, to rest up a bit, especially given the constraints on the number of players available to the manager. Um, it's ironic, isn't it? We re we recruited four players, five if you include the, lo the loanee coming back on board. Yeah. Um, and we're worse off than we were before in terms of numbers available. I've never, ever, ever known a situation of, of injuries like we've got at the moment. And most of them have not been, people haven't been injured in play. They've been injured in warm-ups or training or ballroom dancing or whatever it is that's got them. <laughs> but, but, uh, but Mr. King, he's, uh, Roger, he's a, a, wise, a wise fellow. And he says, if it's not broke, don't, mend, don't try to mend it. Absolutely. This is not the time for piddling around. I think what we do need to do is to make sure we relieve the pressure where it's necessary. And I'm pretty sure you'll start with uh, uh, Aikens and, uh, and Keeler done at the front again in the next game. But it, it may well be that we have to bring a Danny Johnson on to just to, to relieve the pressure a little bit. I'd like to see him have another go anyway, but that's a slightly different story. So it is going to be interesting. I don't think we've got a depth of cover. We never have had on some positions. We've had we've relied on, and I use the word carefully, flexibility, which Mr. Uh, uh, Clough is a, is absolutely determined to to, to do. Um, but then to go back to the title of this session, we weren't all together square pegs in square holes when you were doing that. There was the square pegs in round holes, and we suffered on a number of occasions. But notably, we suffered with goals conceded because you make a mistake because you're not playing in the right position as a defender. You get punished for it. Everybody sees it. Make a mistake when you're a midfielder playing at the forward line, then people just shout at you and you move on. Um, so I'm really the biggest thing we've achieved since the transfer window closed has been three three clean sheets, and I don't think there can be a team in the league two that wants to play us at the moment. I'm going to say, because at the end of the day, if you've got a clean sheet, there's only one way up. You're going to at least draw or win. I know it sounds re remarkably, you know, easy, but that's the truth of the matter. So three clean sheets, you're going to have three draws or three wins. And, you know, let's keep it going. I can't see any reason why they can't do that on Saturday against Salford. Does it then cause a few issues for Nigel Clough when you do get players back injured so we've got it, we'll go through the injury list because it, it it's quite extensive you've got Reese Oates won't come back this season in my opinion <laughs> Callum Johnson George Maris George Maris I think we've seen the last of this season because uh, when he when judging by when his he, interview it doesn't well, seem it today well hopefully hopefully I'm being too pessimistic but I think if he comes back and he's uh, recovered fully, then he's still got to fight for his place, hasn't he? Yeah. Obviously, you've got anti -Art Anthony Artigan. Forget him. Let him go. 
Complete <laughs> waste of a signing. <laughs> Stephen McLaughlin? Forget him. Past his best. No, I don't agree. <laughs> I know you wouldn't I'll, agree. I'll disagree it... all night on that one. I'll disagree all night. But does with, with all no, with all these players due to come back, uh, some of them back this season, does that help us or hinder us? Because we spent the last five minutes talking about if it's not broken, don't fix I th- it. I, I think got... on, the, on that basis, it will help because we're going to get by the time some of these legs are back on the uh, on the bench and available, we're running into the pile of fixtures over the Easter period. And I think we are going to need to be able to, to move players around a little bit during that time. But the long-term ones, you can forget about those now. And I think we have to we have to accept that we've got what we've got is got what we've got to work with. And occasionally that will mean, so dare I say, players not playing in their preferred positions. But we, uh, if we carry on the way we are, I'm not unduly worried about it. And I, 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 it's like a, a broken record. Play your best football at the back. And you won't lose the game, and that's really what we've been doing for the last three games. And In all three just, games, we really looked troubled at the back. And just think, uh, you know, as the players come back, how much stronger the bench will be. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether they get yeah. to play or whether they don't. You know, you're not going to have three kids on, shall we say? I, I don't like mean that nastily or disrespectively, but you know, we're going to have, you know, you. Uh, Callum Johnson's back probably, and well, some at the of the moment, others... we, we, we've got it. We haven't got a particularly strong bench at the moment. But we've got a very very strong treatment table. <laughs> yeah, but you know the the bench will be a lot stronger, and yeah. that you know that's good for going forward. You know, for the players like Johnson and whatever who may need to come on. Is Jason, yeah. Law, is Jason Law still injured? No, I don't think so. Um, no, he was just on the edge of the squad. I think, Honestly, I think he's, he was on the squad the other day, weren't he? I think he's just come back, so I think it's yeah. just like that that period between being fit and match yeah. fit. Because surely to God, this is one of the situations that he would be hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes and gets injured himself. <laughs> well, it's, um, yeah. gets injured. it's uh swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I very can't believe it. He probably thinks he's killed a robin or something. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the last few weeks has very much been about all around performance being very impressive and obviously like it is brilliant we've won three on a bounce and scored eight goals but for me personally i think the most impressive thing for us over the last few games is the fact that we've not conceded a single goal and just in my notes i've i've pointed out uh sort of like riley harbottle since he's come back from injury been very impressive alfie kilgore fantastic perch even though he's aging he's still showing that it can be one of our best players. And just the main thing that I've written down is does it the defence looks comfortable. Like we were saying earlier on, there's just at, at no point on Saturday did I feel that we were particularly vulnerable all bar maybe the last 10 minutes when they were throwing the absolute kitchen sink at us. And even then, they didn't really trouble us all that much. Every time the ball came in, we just got rid of it. It's like having a good jigsaw puzzle, isn't it? The place, the pe- uh, the pieces, you know, fit nicely, like your Harbottles and your Kilgores at the side of Perch, who's got that steady and influence, like Harbottle said in his interview. You know, he's got a lot of experience and he can pass that on. And it looks as though both him and Quinn, 
I know one's 37, one's 36, but it looks as though they've been, <laughs> been uh, snorting something very good, but it looks as though because they're like, they're like young, fit athletes, aren't they? The pair of them. They've done really well. And, it, you know, it bodes well for the team because when the youngsters are seeing the older, older heads, if you like, you know, play as well as they are, it must give them a lift as well. Well, he's 37 and he can run around like a young chicken, you know, so let me get stuck in. I think Quinn has been taking a, a sneaky um, drink out of the, uh, the the bottle of eternal youth that John Radford <laughs> spent a lot of money to acquire. <laughs> we, uh, um, Quinny, I have to say, everybody agrees, and I think I do as well, that Quinny's probably in his last playing season. Um, but you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know to look at him at the moment. And in fact, we've always said this season is okay until 60 minutes, then you've got to drag him off. Well, the last couple of games has no. showed no signs whatsoever of, of tiring. And when it comes to celebrating at the end of the game, he's got bags of energy then. He's <laughs> always always got this second wind. And um yeah. like, it was just it was he's his game's very much adapted this season to what it was was last season. Obviously, losing Stephen McLaughlin for such so it's like longer periods, changes their game, their little link-ups were, were fantastic this season. We're not seeing it so much this season. And you could probably say for the first half of this season, Macca and Quinney probably not even playing at half their ability and probably quite, quite disappointing uh, that considering Stephen McLaughlin pretty much took a clean sweep of yeah player of the season awards last season and he's he's not even got close to where he is this season, all bar a couple of spark moments in in games, but is do you think that's down to a case of just when he was playing and when he was fit, we were maybe just lacking that little bit of confidence? Because now we're looking at the moment, we're playing players like Jordan Bowery at left wing back. He's not a left wing back. He's not, no, not even close. From what yeah, from what time the snippets? Let me say I, I don't always I can't afford to go away all the time. But when I've seen them either on t uh, on the highlights or whatever, listen to it. It seems to me that Keeler Dunn, Barry, and Quinn are making some nice little triangles. You know, especially further up the pitch. You know, for them when Quinny crosses, either Arbottle or Kilgore or Clark or whoever's there, you know, expecting to nod one in or do whatever. But it seems as though they're getting a bit of, uh, you know, connection time like Macker and Quinn used to do. It's only what I've seen on the thing, you know, if I'd seen the full game away, maybe not so much. But when you see the highlights and whatever, that might be a part of it. Obviously, for the first goal, yeah, like you said, it was that little bit of link-up. It... Um... Keeler Dunn wins the free kick. Quinn takes it. Keeler Dunn drags the player out away from Quinn. Bowery plays it back to him. And it's just a, such an easy ball for Stephen Quinn yeah. to play across the top. And is it is it just one of these things that we just maybe took a little bit of time to gel? Because usually it does take quite a while for players to yeah. sort of gel and, and get used to how we're playing. But you add Alfie Kilgore and Davis Keeler Dunn into the starting eleven. And you'd like you'd you'd think based on Saturday's performance, based on Tuesday Tuesday night's performance, that they'd been here all season. What's the thing when you think when you think about it? Uh, not so much Kilgore, but Keeler Dunn. I know they've brought him in, 
and you know it is a very good prospect although he's it scored a lot of goals for all them you know and he'd been at burton and whatever they know they've got swanee and dj to a certain degree snapping at the heels so you know he's got to keep putting the performances in you know to warrant his place in the team i shouldn't be too worried about swan at the moment because every time he puts his boots on he hurts himself <laughs> yeah i did how was it that he got injured he got he collided with Hiram Boateng in training, didn't he? Something like that. But he yeah, is a probably very innocuous. But he isn't. A, I don't think he's a very tough lad anyway. I think you know he's one of those that doesn't uh, doesn't stand up to the physicality of the game in a way that others do. Um, and because he's a bit of a whippet, and that's fine. Um, but I think uh, the problem with that is if you had him on your books for forty six games, you'd probably not get him for twenty of them. And and really, it's the other players that we can we've been waxing lyrical about that they're, they're much tougher you know you, you can't see um, you can't see Alfie Kilgore getting hurt by anybody and you know and I just think if he got if he got gets knocked down he gets up and gets on with it bit old school in my book and I like yeah. that um, and it, it doesn't it's obviously not the case for all players to be as tough as old boots it can't be if I'm critical of Dole of Aikens I think he's a big strapping lad but he gets knocked over and he should be knocking people over um, Boateng similarly you know you'd expect them to be a bit tougher a bit more bullying than they are but what do I know I think James has asked a, a very interesting question yeah. in the comments um, he says when some of the players return from injury would you return them to start 11 or would you keep the same squad now it's an interesting one because we are currently playing Two definitely two players out of position. You're probably thinking Kieran Wallace, just by the virtue that he's played left wing back, left back, whatever he's played centre back. He's played pretty much everywhere over the last couple of games. And then you've got Jordan Bowery, but they're both doing such fantastic jobs in the position that Clough is asking them. Is is there going back to the same comment? If it's not broken, why fix it? Is it the same? Is these players that are coming back from injury? You think? Um, Louis Reed when he comes back, you think um, Stephen McLaughlin when he comes back. Are these players really going to have to put put the miles in on the training ground to to be like like Gaffer? Look, get me back in the squad. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I deserve this place. But it's like, how at, at what point do you really say like to John Barry like, oh look, we've got Maca fit again. We're going to play him because. Over the last couple of games, John Barr has been very impressive. And I think it'd be very harsh to drop anybody or bar through injury at the moment. It's another interesting one with George Maris. Fantastic player, but where does he fit in at the moment? Because it'd be very unfair to drop Stephen Quinn or Kieran Wallace. I think, I think um, when it starts being detrimental to the team, while ever they're on this run, get them and they start getting fit. Like I say, put them on the bench and let's have a stronger bench for as and when we need them. But up until then, if the players are doing the job, you know, and the results are coming through, you know, like if we beat Salford on Saturday, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and they keep on these some sort of run, let them wait. Because it can only be good for Mansell Town, that can. It, it is a bit contradictory though, Alan. We, we, we're talking about square pegs and square holes all of a sudden. And if, if Callum Johnson is fit again, You'd expect him to come back in the side in this in the position we've recruited him to play, rather than having somebody covering it. Um, and I think Reed has been bought as a talented midfield playmaker. Um, I, I can imagine that as soon as he's ready 
is is deemed fit enough, he'll be back in the side. So they're going to be victims uh, of selectivity. That's football. You but know, we all, we're all felt it was a bit unfair on uh, our goalkeeper that had done nothing wrong. Yeah, be, be dropped. But that's that's the cruelty of the game, if you like. But as regards Flinders, I think, I, I feel sure I've listened to him before, you know, when he did his uh, interview and whatever, I feel sure that he basically said, I've come in as number two, I know that, but if I ever if I ever I get my chance, I will take it, which he did. But I think he knows that he's number two. Now, on the other hand, like if you've got your Jordan Barrows and whatever, no, make them wait. It's just, if it's not detrimental to the team... Just make that bench stronger. It's only my opinion. I know you've got your Lewis Reed and whatever, and I'm sure somewhere along the line they'll get the chance, same as Macca will. But just let them wait a bit. While ever the results are proving as they are, just leave them where they are, on the bench. It is a difficult one because you've got thing the players that we've got out of... I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm, the players that we've got injured are better quality than... Yeah. Some of of what are in the starting eleven, and I think I think yes, it is very harsh to to say uh, to Kieran Wallace or whoever that you are dropped for the next game because some Tom Dick every Tom Dick and Harry's back from being injured and and their first teamers because the, the performance that we've put in over the last three games, everybody's earned their keep, and I think the only thing that I'm particularly disappointed about would be the change in goalkeeper yeah. um, last week because. Scott Flinders did fantastic at, at Bradford yeah. and against, uh, against Doncaster, Bradford, and Gillingham. Gillingham. So, yeah, it, so it's wholeheartedly. There's no room for sentiment. That's what this proves. And Not very uh, true. as a manager of a football club, you just have to be hard and, and make the decisions you believe are to be right. Uh, and players have to buy into that. And I'm guessing we're a bit we're a bit too sentimental about the whole thing. Um, but I, uh, you know, I, I agree to a point. You don't change a winning team, but at the same time, if you've had someone acting as a sticking plaster because of an absence of a specialist, and the specialist comes back in, you've really got to start putting them back in the side. And that's been unsentimental, you know, to people like Barry and Wallace. But do they all want to go up as a successful squad into into Division One next year? Of course they do. If that means they have to sit on the bench a bit more than they really like to do, they'll buy that. But at the moment, Clive, just a question, right? Hewitt, Johnson, who are you picking? Hewitt? Yeah, well, that, that's my point. You know, Johnson is, it was bought in as a right back, weren't he? But it depends what, doing, depends what configuration you're work with, working with, doesn't it? Depends whether you're playing yeah. the flat four or three wing backs yeah uh, i guess the availability of personnel determines that to a certain extent yeah but i'd certainly put you at the moment i would put hewitt in front of johnson could you this not an interesting in one. position could you not knight them you know, move them to one move on to a different side of the field because i think you is able to play either side isn't he yeah, yeah it but is. it, it would upset the balance i think you know, the balance is there at the moment with Kilgore, Harbottle and Perch in the middle. We've got Hewitt this side and uh, Jordan Barry that's doing a fantastic job this side. It just seems to work. You know, like Craig said months and months ago, if you've got, if you want to play a back three, if you call it a back three, you've got to have the right players in place. And we seem to have found that, you know, 
with those three, with the two wing backs. That would be, like I say, I'm only, I only put dustbins on, so what do I know? But that's what I would do. You'd have to ask yourself the question, is Hewitt a wing-back or a defender? Um, I think he's more of a full-back than a, a wing-back. Yeah, I would, I would agree with Jordan Barry's life has been that of a striker. Yeah. So you've got two players who are not playing in specialist, specialist positions. And so yeah. if the specialists who are currently injured become available again what would you no. do if you were club? you'd leave them alone would you i would i'd leave them on the bench and use them as and when necessary because you know what talent they've got they're supposedly better players than what's already playing in that position so let them earn the keep that's interesting mad. thing when the one or two players do come back from injury and sit on the bench they're going to shove the uh, Mr. Johnson off it at the other end. <laughs> well, he's not getting much game time anyway, is he? So. He's going to be sat with the St. John's ambulance. <laughs> he's sat with me. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Honestly. Anyway. I, I, I feel can sorry we, for can that. we move on? Yeah, well, let's move on. Do you feel I mean, I've had my tenpenneth. Clive's had his tenpenneth. What would you do, Clive? Uh, Cam? You know, if it's such as, you know, like your Johnsons and whatever and Reed, would you put them straight back in as a matter of course or would you let them wait and see how the results go? It's an interesting one because it's like going through my notes. I've, I've got put, obviously picked out what I thought was good and, and um, sort of like areas that we can improve on. And to be honest, I didn't really pick anywhere out that, Maybe just a bit fitness-wise, but I think that was just a case of just tired legs. But yeah. I think the only one I can really pick out is the fact that you've got Kieran Wallace, who's played absolutely fantastically. And as technical ability goes, you'd probably think he's probably like the lower end mm. of, if not lowest technical ability we've got as a midfielder. Especially when you think who his, his counterparts are. You've got yeah. Ollie Clark, you've got Hiram Boateng, you've got Jason Law, then you've got George Maris, and you've got Louis Reed all in in and around the squad or yeah. on the edge of the squad just waiting to get their chance again after being injured. And I know Reed's gonna be how long did you say Reed was gonna be? It's about four six, weeks. Six weeks altogether. Was it six weeks? Yeah. Johnson was that four was... weeks and uh Oates and other one was six weeks. Six weeks, so it does give Nigel very much a, a tactical headache come a month and a bit's time because we will be edging towards the the busy period over yeah. Easter as we always. Nobody likes Easter. It's what stuttered us last season. It's what cost us promotion last season, and it just seems that we don't particularly do well around Easter. Um, just over the last few seasons, we just we just lose. So you've got to think it's it's surely got to be a positive that we we've got the we're not even just in a in a detrimental way, but just being able to make changes and have this this overall squad rotation. And yes, it means that play, some players are going to miss out. And it seems that on the regular basis at the minute, it is Danny Johnson. But you look at someone like Johnson, where what what positive input on the game for Tranmere just gone, what Johnson have particularly done. Because you've got Lucas Aikens 
playing out of his absolute skin at the moment. And, you know, if you've got to pick a player of the season, he's probably not 100% there because he's not been consistent. But just based on the last few weeks, since just like just after Christmas, on that little bit of a blip that we had, he's been absolutely fantastic. Davis Keeler done. Energetic, right place, right time to get his goal. Can't really see him being dropped for him either. Then you think you throw into the mix, you've got Reese Oates coming back at some point. It, it, it's a strange one because you can't, it's all right having squad rotation, but you can't just change it for the for the sake of changing it, which is what frustrated me the most about the whole Scott Flinders, Christy Pym thing. Yeah. I think it's very much the same as uh, sort of like the, the defence. I don't see, you can't, Elliot Hewitt, for me personally, he's been our best player this season. Agreed. And if he wins player of the season at the end of the year, fully deserved. At the moment, if you've then got that back line the way it is, you lose Jordan Barry when Stephen McLaughlin comes back in. You then throw Callum Johnson in the mix, who I think is a better winger. Does that mean that we then have to drop Hewitt by default? Or well, is that, it Kilgore, or is it Perch, or is it yeah. Harbottle? It's it's a difficult one because well, you, not everybody's going. Harbottle, if his if his track record's anything to go by, won't remain uninjured for the rest of this season. <laughs> oh, God, so, yeah, he's so always injured. <laughs> so there's going to be opportunities there, and I think it's as well to have a, a, a spare defender available for that reason. And if if you recognise that Hewitt can play either side, that gives you flexibility. Perch, I think, is probably the one that you'd be looking to take out of that back line if you've got all of them available to you. Um, and John Joe's not not going to be a, 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 an involvee now for the rest of this season, so he doesn't. He's not muddy in the water a great deal. <laughs> oh, I feel really uncomfortable now knowing that Craig's watching because I know I'll. No, everybody's a bit. It's like we said last week, Cam. You know, everybody, even the people on the comments, all the Stags fans, if you ask them to name their preferable 11, I'd, I doubt very much whether you'd have two the same. And oh, that's no, just it. It's opinions, isn't it? At the end of the day, Nigel Clough is there. He's making the decision, rightly or wrongly, in everybody else's opinion. And that's all it is. Yeah, it I'd, is. And on. I would have agreed about Perch being put to the bench, but he's been, you know, with them two at side of him, he's been playing out his skin. Yeah, Craig in the comments says Perch, uh, uh, Hewitt goes right centre back, Perch goes to the bench. I think same again. I just think it's it's harsh to drop anybody at the moment, unless unless they go out through injury or these. It's a genuine reason squad rotation a player's not quite fit or somebody picked up a knock and they're like 75% doubtful or whatever for, for playing the game, then fair enough. But to, to actually go out and drop somebody, I think he's, he's very harsh at the moment. And Jamie in the comments has said about the whole Johnson-Swan thing, uh, with Swan out injured now, Johnson might get his chance? Possibly. I, I'm not really sure. Uh, and Craig's trying to be controversial again and says, and DJ is the T-boy, obviously, lights fire and walks away. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> it is an interesting point, though. Does, does uh, look, Jamie says, does Danny Johnson ever actually get his chance? Because right now, over the entire season, 
we're the second highest in expected goals, which is shots taken and chances created per game on target, whatever. It's a good stat if you understand it. So it shows that we're creating chances. We're second in most touches in the opposition box. It shows we're getting the ball into the right place. And after this weekend's games, we are joint top scorers in Skybet League 2 alongside Carlisle. So we're doing all the right things in the right areas. We've now got the defence sorted and we're not leaking goals. And then we're also still being very impressive up front. Uh, another Craig, other Craig, Craig Foster says, DJ, we're putting, uh, putting the kit out in a few weeks. I've, I've can, got a f- can I just say, uh, Cam, one of the things that I find slightly galling is that a couple, of, a couple of games ago we had Carlisle on the rack at 4-0. We were rampant and they were they were in shock. And I thought that was a perfect opportunity to have Swan and Johnson on. See if we could bang another couple of goals in. Because you watch the end of this season, goal difference will be the will be the determining factor. And our goal difference, despite the fact we're good with the second highest scorers in League Two, because we've shipped so many goals, our goal difference is worse than the people around us. And I think that we might live to regret not having put that held their feet to the fire a bit longer, and likewise when we uh, when we get the opportunity to to, to capitalise when we feel we're in a position of unlikely to lose the game, which is the which was in the case in the last two games, I think we should be strong enough and brave enough to put our most potentially powerful strikers on. That's only yeah, my I think it, it, it is a strange one because you are thinking like. What what is the point in having someone like Danny Johnson? Why didn't we send him somewhere? And I know it's because the deals or the deal wasn't right for him, or it wasn't right for the club, or or whatever. But what benefit have we had so far of Danny Johnson being sat on the bench since since the middle of January? Other than creating a bit a, a bit of attacking threat at, at Bradford. And I think that's what happened. You know, that started the run, didn't it? Against Bradford, you know, we we fought back. We fought back well. We got the point, which was fully deserved. We nearly took all three. And I I think he helped towards that cause. And I think somewhere along the line, he will get his chance again. But it's whether he takes it or not. Like Yubari's, he's took his chance. You know, Wallace, he's took his chance. Albeit, you know, because... They probably got injuries and they had to go in the team. You know, he'd got nobody else, whatever. But I do believe, I'm a strong believer that uh, horses for courses, he will get his chance and it's whether he takes it or not. Yeah, it is. And uh, just for those that are interested, uh, Stockport are currently nil-nil. So they do go above us on goal difference. They've got a plus... 17 goal difference we've got plus 12 but we Stockport, do Stockport are the team to watch in my opinion yeah I think the, two say team, the two teams on fire in this league are ourselves and Stockport I'll say so, based off the last five games you've got us Stockport and Leighton Orient are the only ones that haven't lost a game I think you can wave goodbye to Leighton Orient now I think they've deservedly oh, yeah. put themselves in a position where they should uh, get promoted, not necessarily as champions, but should get promoted automatically. <laughs> and I, I think. Uh... Oh, 
Craig, Craig's trying to be controversial. <laughs> Hey, he says DJ DJ conversation has been exhausted. It's, it's worn <coughs> more worn than an Elton <laughs> Snickers family show. Family show. Uh, the views expressed in this broadcast are solely for the individuals and not Mansfield Matters. <laughs> hey, yeah, have that one. Um, could, I, let's could, I please, about... could I please apologise for talking while you lot were interrupting? <laughs> Do apologise. <laughs> <laughs> Craig trying to be pessimistic and controversial. It's like he's. We have you know mentioned what? Wallace. Just, just jump on the stream. Yeah, we spoke about Wallace. Yeah, Wallace has had a mention. Yeah, like most of them have. You know, you ignore him. Really... He's, get, he's, handled, he's handed the mic to you. Just ignore him. We've, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've, uh, we've a situation where we are happy and yet we're looking for problems. At the moment, we've got a team that's performing well. Hopefully, none of those that played on Saturday are going to be unable through injury to play on next Saturday. I think the visitors will be dreading playing us. Um, and I think, as I was saying before, we, my conversation got interrupted. The two teams apologize. on fire, if you, if you ignore Lake Norrie, the two teams on fire are ourselves, the Stockport County. So and we've got to play Stockport yet. I'm looking forward to that one. And I'll just play the devil's advocate here. You know, I was saying, you know, I know, sorry, Craig, you know about DJ, it's all been exhausted. What happens if need be, we're one nil down, there's 10 minutes to go, Nigel has to change it. Who do you look to? Well, it has to be Johnson because we've got no one on the bench. <laughs> no, but, you know, that'll be his chance. He's going to get a chance somewhere along the line, that he will. There's another 50, is it 15 yeah. games or 16? He'll play, whatever, he'll play with 10. Whatever, yeah, the, whatever we've got left. He, he probably would. Yeah, there's, there's 15 games left. And obviously, um, Salford uh, at the weekend, just on, uh, just touch upon this before we go to podcast predictions. <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah. forget to get involved with podcast predictions uh, <laughs> using the link on our social media. Don't forget the comments do not count. You have to get it in on the link an hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday. So, obviously, Salford, the visitors to the One Call Stadium, it was a thoroughly, 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 thoroughly disappointing performance at Salford on the opening day, all the way back in July. God, let's rack your brains. What, what can you remember yeah. from that one? Because if I'm totally honest, I thought having the pre-season that we'd had... Um, it was very disappointing the way that we did went out and performed, especially from the players that we we expected to to be a, a big part of this season. You, um, uh, Hiram Bowen for example, just not performing. And uh, what's changed between now and then? Because Clough Clough can't really remember the team that he played. I listened to it earlier on. I follow uh, his his pre match, and he wasn't. Um, he was he was happy that we we've, we've turned it around, but he couldn't really say what really what went wrong on the on the opening day uh, at the peninsula. Well, we were we've, we've had we've <laughs> yeah, had some well. good we've had some good matches, and you know through only our fault we've let silly goals in. Whereas we could have been, you know, you could have been anywhere near Leighton Orient, in between Leighton Orient and Stevenage now, if we hadn't let stupid goals in. But that's gone now. We've let, we've let stupid goals in. We've had we've been punished for singular mistakes. Sometimes yeah. because the players who were not playing in the right position. We, we've covered that ground. But there are a couple of games that stick in my mind is where we played absolutely dreadful. <laughs> Salford was the one, and the other was Sutton away. 
we just played dreadful football. In fact, we didn't play any football at all. It was awful. And it was a scorching hot day as well. I don't think but we apart from that, that I don't think anybody I don't think we played badly against anybody. I don't and no one's really hammered us. I know we lost five two to Swindon at home, but they deserve to win on that day in those circumstances. And and uh, but apart from that, I think we've been a, a fairly competitive team. And it doesn't always mean you win when you're competitive. Of course we know that. So I don't think there's an awful lot changed except the players that came out of the tunnel at Salford on the first day of the season just didn't perform. And the goals we conceded were the softest goals, really. We just opened the door and let them run through and score. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> look forward, not backward, please. <laughs> we will do. Uh, we'll do podcast predictions in a second. Don't forget the SSA are doing travel to AFC Wimbledon, a new ground for everybody here. This will be a, a nice little day out. They are filling up their third coach now. Uh, leaves from the One Course Stadium at 9am. For Amber members, it's £15. Blue members is £20. And non-members is £25. And Alan, what's the number to ring if you want to book? 07-967-689-597. And that number once again is? 07-967-689-597. And can I just say, if you're on the coach that I'm on, there'll be a game, a free game of, bing, of arms up, arms down bingo, and there'll be a Mansfield Matters mug to be won. Excellent. Mug. I forgot they, those mugs existed. <laughs> You've still got some? No, I ain't going in there. Craig's got about four or five left, that's it. So oh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> Finally get rid of them. Brilliant. Right then, let's... Before we forget, let's get on to podcast predictions. It's Salford at the One Call Stadium on Saturday. Uh, Clive, we'll start with you first. I'm going to go for another clean sheet. And I'm going to go 2 0 win. And uh, I think we'll score in the 38th minute. 38. Uh, change it up. I'm going to go next. I. I... I think I'm going to go the same with Clive. I think we'll be it'll be a good performance, and I think we'll be comfortable at the back. And I think it'll be two 0 win. And you know what? We like a good early goal at home. I'm going to go seventh minute. Oh, like a good early goal at home, don't we, Alan? I was yours? very I was very torn, and in the mid in midweek. I'd got. I'd already made my mind up about what I thought the score was going to be, but after the three clean sheets, you know, I'm going to stick with my original thought, and I think we're going to win three-one. I know it's not a clean sheet, and I prefer a clean sheet, but I think it's going to be three-one. So I think that they might just get a goal somewhere along the line, and I think it's going to be the twenty-fifth minute. Twenty-fifth. I was going to go 2-0, um, but you, um, I'm going to stick with my original plan. You don't want to be the same as everybody else. <laughs> Fair enough, don't blame you. And I also believe that if I click this button, Mr Craig Priest has also pre-recorded his prediction for this oh. game, this, this weekend's game against Salford. Hello, everybody. hope that you're all doing okay and that Cam hasn't ruined the show too much. I hope that you're enjoying the show tonight. I've got full faith that he'll do a sterling job 
for you uh, this evening. Of course, I couldn't be with you due to work commitments today. The first time in six series that that has ever happened. It's actually Sunday afternoon as I'm recording this, uh, my little prediction for the game on Saturday afternoon. So, Cam, please have remembered to have a bit of paper and write these predictions down and send them me via a photo or in the chat later on at, at some point. Tough game Saturday afternoon, Salford. Be a real, real test of actually how far we've come. If you think back to the opening game of this season where we tried to implement the new system, the three at the back, it didn't quite work for us. It didn't quite click. That's because we had square pegs in round holes. Certainly over the last three games or so, actually since... Uh, the middle of the January transfer, transfer window, to be fair, we've certainly started to find square pegs in square holes, and it is really starting to click now. So this will be a real test of how far we've come and even how far we can go. What do I think the score will be? I'm going to go for a very, very tight 2-1 win for the Stags. The first goal is going to come in the 14th minute. Come on, you Stags. Let's hope by the time I'm back in the presenter's seat, that we've got another three points on board. Let us know your predictions as always. Uh, I look forward to finding out what everybody else's predictions are. Cam, don't get com too comfortable in that host seat. See you later. And there we go. And we'll get Nathan's and Nick's predictions uh, later on in the week. I'm sure they'll drop it in the chat. Uh, and that's all we've got time for this week. So uh, thank you for coming on and joining me and keeping me company for the last last hour i did genuinely feel that i was going to be on my own so thank you clive thank you alan um craig will be back in the hot seat next week maybe i don't know um can I, could you just remind everybody that there's a fans forum on tuesday oh yes and there are still some tickets available i think and be a good opportunity to uh, ask some of the questions mm. of the people that have the answers rather than people like us that are always guessing have you got your ticket clive yeah, I'll be a little bit yeah. late because I've got a council meeting before, but I'll be there. I'll save you a seat. I'll have a pint of lager. <laughs> <laughs> you want to chip cob as well? No, thank you. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, and just one last very quick piece of housekeeping before we do go. Uh, as some people might have seen, coming up, uh, at the Leighton Orient game at home at the One Call Stadium, it is Mansfield Town her game two designated fixture. <coughs> so there'll be lots of activities going off, uh, along, uh, sort of like around the ground um, during the day uh, in hospitality. There'll be the Stags captain uh, Monica Bowley. She'll be talking in the eighteen sixty one suite. Uh, Sally will be going around. The players are wearing her game two t shirts and. Right here on Mansfield Matters, we are also doing a Her Game 2 uh, dedicated podcast, um, which will be on the on Wednesday the 8th of March, which also actually coincides with International Women's Day. So that works quite nicely. So that's something coming up uh, just in a couple of weeks' time. So <coughs> if there are any female fans that do watch us and, and want to have a an input, then feel free to drop us a DM and... And we'll get you involved, whether that's just a, a quick snippet or joining us actually on the podcast. Uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. So, yeah. So, thank you again to Clive and Alan. And uh, we will join you this time next week, I think. Uh, just uh, say, well, well done. Can't be next Tuesday, can it? Because it's the, uh, it's the uh, fans, fans forum. forum. Oh, fans forum. All right. It might be next Wednesday. Thursday, I think, next week. 
Well to be confirmed. Yeah. We'll let you know. Keep an eye on the socials. And don't forget, obviously, you can get involved in podcast predictions as well. Uh, hopefully, Craig will be back next week because <laughs> this is just carnage. Right, yeah. You've done all, all right. right. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, everybody. Nice to see you. Right, let's, yes, go. let's do all this. And that's all we've got time for this week on the Mansfield Matters podcast. Thank you for watching, listening, getting involved in the comments. Don't forget to get involved in podcast predictions. Don't forget your prediction has to be in an hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday. And we'll see you next week. Wow. Well, there you go. Cam managed to get through an entire episode without me needing to jump in and save the day. Maybe I need to take more nights off or maybe I need to come back. We'll wait and see. Uh, Seriously, though, my thanks to Cam Felton for jumping in the hot seat tonight. Workman, I couldn't be anywhere near a laptop or a computer to bring you uh, the show this evening. And this was literally the only day where everybody who was available was available. So... There you go. Well done, Cam. I knew you'd smash it. Uh, Right. My thanks also to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel for keeping him company and no doubt in line tonight as well. And my thanks to you, the loyal viewer slash listener, for sticking with him and getting involved with the show, as I'm sure you did this evening. Don't forget to get involved with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description. Let us know your thoughts on the score as Salford City come to One Call Stadium this Saturday afternoon. Reminder that you must submit your prediction no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. We'll be back next week to reflect on all things Salford and look ahead to the games coming up as well. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. I'm the bit part player, Craig Priest. My huge thanks to tonight's uh, presenter, Cam Felton. We'll see you again next time. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.